0: Hey, what's going on? Thank you so much for joining us for this Piedmont Church podcast where we exist to lead people to love God, love people, and invest in His kingdom. My name is Chris Barbie, and today we're talking with a good friend of mine named Clint Harrison. He is the campus pastor at Grace Church Oviedo, and we're going to be diving into a topic that I'm really excited about. We're going to be looking at how we can love pastors better. Let's do this. Hey, what's up, man? Thank you so much for joining me. Clint, how you doing?
1: Doing great, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me, bro.
0: Absolutely. Hey, so uh, let me just quickly just brag on how awesome you are. Can I do that for a second? Don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, I, I met Clint about six years ago in, in a Starbucks uh, in Macon, uh, and... Within like the first 15 minutes, like we connected and I got to hear his story. A little quick background. The dude served as a lay leader in a church while, weren't you a manager at a car wash at one point? Yep. For like a car wash. At at a couple years, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So you had a master's of divinity and you Uh were a manager of a car wash while kind of looking for God's placement in your life, serving in a local church, right? That's, That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. And then you were a youth pastor at the time when I met you. Serving at a local church, and then you became an executive pastor, big dog, and then you took the step up to campus pastor. Moved your family to Florida, and you now serve at uh, Grace Church, the Oviedo campus. Is that
1: right? That's right. Yeah. So, how you love in Orlando, man? We so we love it. Yeah. It's it's been a good move. Uh, You know, Disney's forty five minutes away, which is awesome. And uh, we're we're near the beach. We we love the area. Um, Church has been really good, so it's been a blessing, man.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. Well, hey, Clint, the reason I asked you on to kind of talk with us, uh, about this topic. It's Pastor Appreciation Month. Did, have you ever heard of that? Do you know what that is? I feel like that's a weird churchy thing, right? It is a weird churchy thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, hey, it's Pastor Appreciation Month because, <laughs> you know, the other 11 months out of the year, we don't show enough appreciation. But I, I, fi- I feel like maybe if you, I, I know that in your church, you had a lot of folks that maybe weren't raised in the church. They're kind of coming uh, from a different culture and we're starting to see that as well. And so I kind of wanted to have this conversation because. I feel like in the church, we have two different lingos. Like You have the mm-hmm. lingo of the church, and then you have the lingo of the culture of the world around you. And so I kind of want to try to bridge that gap and talk about how we can love pastors better. It's, it's the month of Pastor Appreciation Month, which essentially just means in October, churches try to show their pastors a little bit of love. Uh, and, and I think if some of our listeners, some of our church members could hear this and it could come across as like self-serving, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I yep. promise you it's not, but probably, <laughs> there might be a little bit of that in there. But I, I think mostly as a pastor, and I'm, I think you might feel this way, like we're called to lead the church and okay. we really value not just like our pastoral calling, but other pastor callings and, and, and leaders. And we want to figure out how to love leaders better. And in our current place where we're seeing new new people come to faith in Christ, we want to make sure that they understand what the pastoral calling is, like, how do we support and love pastors better? And and as a church, like our mission is to love God, love people and invest in his kingdom. And for us, this is hitting loving people and investing in God's kingdom in a big way. So are you ready to dive in with me? I'm ready, man. Man, I appreciate it. Okay, so I've just got a couple of questions. We're going we're gonna to go through these, and I just want to hear your heart and what God's kind of laid on your heart. So first question is, why is it important to love,
1: support, and value our pastors? So I, I love this question because we have to just acknowledge that pastors are human and mm-hmm. that we're broken and that we are, we're, we're just people. and and while we have a calling to to serve our church we also we you just need to recognize that man we want to know that what we're doing matters and and it's not before god but before other people and so honestly if you're listening and you're thinking like okay what's the what's the importance of honoring our pastor and valuing our pastor and, and and in different roles throughout the church and it's i think a huge piece of it is is we want to know, hey, that you're feeling loved yeah. and you're feeling cared for and welcomed and accepted. And you saying, hey, I'm going to take my time to value you and honor you. That says to us that what we're doing is effective and that it's actually um, it's expanding the kingdom. And so there's, there's just a simple sense of we, we need that validation in, in all honesty. Like we're, we're human beings, if I can say it in a different way. Um, everyone who is a leader can feel lonely. Mm. And so so like sitting in our congregations week after week, as we're leading people, as we're helping people, as we're serving people, um, it's, I mean, you don't even have to be a pastor, just all leaders feel this. So if you're a leader at your job or in your home, it can be lonely because you are carrying the weight of other people's problems, of other people's issues, and you're trying to push the ball forward. And so part of loving and supporting and valuing our pastors is just saying, hey, you matter and what you do matters. And I know that you can feel alone at times because you're a leader. Yeah, it. I kind of as you were talking,
0: the Chick-fil-A survey receipt came in my head, right? Like when we go to Chick-fil-A, we order our food and they ask you now, hey, do you want your receipt? My first response is like, well, is there a survey on there? Because if there's a survey on the Chick-fil-A receipt and I do the survey, I get a chicken sandwich. Yep. Right. And so yep. it's a free one. And so I kind of look at Chick-fil-A has that that kind of method of kind of checking in to see how they're doing. Yeah. For us as pastors, this this how our congregation loves us, how they tell us they appreciate us, how they lift us up, it's kind of like that. It's a survey, and they're, we're checking our pulse going, like, how effective are we? Do our, do our people
1: see us and value us, right? Would you say that's a fair comparison? Yeah, I think it's absolutely fair. Uh, to, to go a, in, in another direction, um, if, if you're new to the church and you're showing up at Piedmont for the first week or wherever it is, and you're going... Like, uh, what's the deal here? So if I was going to point you to scripture, um, one of the ones that I love and I kind of find humorous is Hebrews chapter uh, 13, verse 17. I'm just going to read it. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your soul. So, So like as pastors, as leaders, we are, we are, man, we're keeping watch over the people before us. And that's God's calling on our lives as those who will have to give an account. And then he says these words, he says, let them do this, speaking of the leaders, with joy and not with groaning. <laughs> so that would be of no advantage to you. And so the, the picture is like, hey, as you support and honor and value and love us, what you're doing is you're saying, hey, I want this to be enjoyable for you because you, you're carrying a lot of weight. And, and can I just be honest? In all strat in, in business world, at home, nobody wants to do what they're doing and lead where they are in a groaning manner. Oh, and so yeah. any way that we can support and honor and, and just come alongside is, is huge for us.
0: That's right. That's big. That's good. I like it. OK, so the, the moving on to the second kind of point for us, we all have special giftings and a calling. Like every single person, God has given them a, a unique gift and a unique calling so what makes the pastoral call unique and specifically why should we be lifting them up you, you kind of hinted at this in the hebrews 13 uh passage so why should we do this
1: yeah no that's good uh I, I'm, a, I'm a back up a step and and i i just want to i want to talk about calling in general first uh there was a book that came out years ago by a guy named oz guinness it's a fantastic book called the calling you should read it pick it up it's good, but, but he talks about how um, he, he has this phrase, and he says, you're called first to a person, not a vocation, mm. and I actually love that, and, and I especially love that as a pastor, and, and he, here's why, because it is so easy for a pastor to mix up his calling and everything that he does into this performance with God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and so how is it unique? And, and I have this conversation with people all the time, like really good buddies of mine who I, I think are going to be elders in our church who are going to be called to do just huge and awesome things. Um, they go, man, what, like, what are you feeling? What do you, what's the pressure? And, and honestly, it, it's, it can be as simple as like, man, my prep during the week for a sermon, it can turn into my, my quiet time. As when I read books and I go to conferences, instead of thinking about my soul, I'm thinking about everybody around me. How can I move that down the field? How can I, how, how can I encourage this person? Well, that should be convicting for that person because I'm constantly trying to push and drive the ball. I mean, I, Chris, I know you know what I'm talking about. It's so easy to tie our spiritual life into our performance as a pastor. And so I, I find that somewhat unique as a pastor. Um, and so I have to remember, oh my gosh, hold hold on. My calling is first to Jesus and then everything flows out of that.
0: Mm -hmm. And
1: and so, um, but, but I think that's especially unique for, for a pastor.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's good. That's good. So
1: the calling is unique.
0: So then how do, how do we lift people up? Uh, I think one of the, one of the notes we actually had before I let you answer that question you talked about paul david Tripp uh and, and kind of our leadings up to this i love him his heart is good he's got a book dangerous calling solid so when we're talking about this calling and, and the weight and the the unique uh, position of trying to balance our own spiritual walk and journey with christ while leading others in that same thing how can we be lifted up in that calling like how, how do we do this
1: yeah it's good it, it... First thing I would say is think about what we just went through in 2020 and 2021. It might've been, and I've heard pastor after pastor after pastor say this, this was the hardest season in ministry they have had bar none. Yeah. Like it's just been crazy. It's super divided. I mean, I don't know what it's like been in Georgia, but in Florida, and it seems like around the world politically, right? Spiritually medically racially I mean there is so many things I, as a matter of fact I, I'll just be honest and open up there was a month during 2020 during the pandemic. I think I was meeting with 10 to 15 people a week mm. meeting during lunches people were angry people were divided people were trying to figure out how do I how do I love Jesus how do I honor people and love people around me and it was so much I, I sat in a staff meeting. I don't cry easy or often. We're sitting in a staff meeting and I, I just, I broke down and just started crying about the weight of it all. And, and so it, if I was going to talk about how can we lift up pastors, we need to recognize that in the last year, probably your pastor went through the hardest time in ministry he's ever been on. Yeah. And, and, and that goes in all the levels, students, kids, it, it, it doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're a part of the church, it has been an incredibly tough. So so here's what I I, want to say about how can you lift them up? Um, Recognize where they've been in the last year. And if you're feeling the stress and you're listening, you're going, my year was crazy. My (laughs) year was a wreck. Like, I want to be available and recognize that my pastor's going through the same thing. He's not above it. He's not past it. They're they're not beyond it, you you know? And, And so it just, it matters right now. And so if I was going to take the next step right now for me, and I think for a lot of pastors, they are in this place of, they're finally getting past some of the grief of it. They're finally getting past some of the, oh my gosh, we lost people or, or our church has been struggling. They're finally starting to build back. And you know what? All the pastors are finally going, I can take a breather. And in that moment, they need encouragement. In that moment, they need to be lifted up. I mean, Chris, I know I feel it. I know. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. So
0: So I took over uh, at Piedmont as the lead pastor in December of 2019. Yeah. So I had these big dreams and this vision where the church was going to go. I mean, we, we were going to storm the gates of hell and we were going to win the entire Georgia. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and a couple of months later, uh, COVID hits and I'm like, well, daggum, like, what am I supposed to do now? Like we can't even officially meet, but I, I love one of the things you talked about uh, kind of the pastor is a person. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we haven't quite, Uh, we're establishing this culture, but we haven't quite uh, established it completely. But when the pastor calls like, hey, can we go have some lunch? I think there's some times where people in the congregation would go, am I in trouble, right?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Whereas I would say that 90% of the time I call, it's really, I just want to go have lunch. Like, I want to know you better. Certainly there's an aspect uh, to like leadership. Hey, I just want to hear how you spiritually are doing. How's your family? How can we pray for you? But I would say uh, a majority of it is like, I want to connect with you. And so the thing that I would encourage somebody to listen to this going, how do we support our pastors? I would go like, remember that your pastor is a person. And a lot of times they're extroverted people and they want to be around people. Like for me, I get my energy from being around people, not around a bunch of books in, a, in an office by myself. Yep. And so sometimes a lunch for me is just like, can I go hang out with somebody? Can I get to know them? And not have to have all the strings attached. So, can we just go have lunch and, and hang out and, and talk about the game or the movie or, or whatever else is going on in life, and, and just treat me like a person? And as you said, 2020 was hard. So, maybe ask me how, how was how how's your life going? You know, yeah. uh, ask ask that pastor, a friend of yours that that youth pastor, that children's pastor in your life. Hey, how's life? How, how are you? Uh, I think that's a big one. That's good.
1: And get ready for the answer <laughs> <laughs> yes yes
0: yeah it's not like the the you know you're walking down the hallway hey how's it going and like everyone's gonna be like good but like if we're sitting at lunch and you ask me how you're doing I might just tell you
1: like I might. Just open up.
0: so yeah you need to be ready for that that's good yeah all right so tangibly so we talked about yeah. the importance of of why and kind of the pressure. So tangibly, how can we do this? How how do we encourage our churches and people in our life to literally love on the lead pastor, the children's pastor, the student pastor, all, all people in leadership? Like, how do we encourage and tangibly
1: get them to do this? So I'm going to talk about this from a couple of angles, one from the staff level and one from the volunteer level. So from uh, the staff level, we do something we, we have a, um, a person at our, at our church, she is called the culture whip. And wow. what she does is, yeah, it, it's really cool. That's not all that she does. That's not her primary job. It's part of her job, yeah. but she, um, she helps people grow into the culture that we are already are. Mm. So if we have a new staff person come in, she helps them understand the culture uh, live out the culture, and so we have house rules and different things but but one of the things that I love that she does is she supports the staff by getting like an inventory of like w- what do you want w- where's your favorite restaurant? Um, what do you love to do uh, like all, all the different kinds of things that um, that maybe just people don't know about that would encourage you like how do you how do you receive love? how do you give love like all of the things and, and so she has an inventory. And so when we as a staff want to encourage or love somebody else, we, uh, we, we have the list, we have the inventory, and we can send those notes or we can do whatever the thing that matters. And, and the reason why I was going to bring that up, that's not just from a staff level. You, at a church, um, you could do it from a volunteer level. You can have somebody who, um, who comes in and says, man, I'm going to love on the staff. So I'm going to find out what are your what are your needs, what are your wants, what are your cares, what are your dreams, what what are things that you enjoy, and we want to um, we want to be available to serve you guys and to love you guys in those ways. And so, so practically, cards, gift cards. uh, We we've had people, and this is for many of our staff. um, Get a day night covered. Yeah, like one of the one of the um, families that's on staff with us. He he, their family doesn't live in town and so like child care is a huge deal so we've had people come to him and say hey we'll watch your kids twice a month and y'all go out on a date and that is so life-giving for so them much. so right? much yeah. right so much it's huge and, and but it's not for for a family to do that you know they come in and help out for two hours or whatever it is it, it's it's easy you know what i mean And so, um, we, we've also had, uh, we've had people who have offered weekends away, you know, somebody else has been blessed with something and they say, Hey, we want you to get away and rest and Sabbath and get away with your family or whatever. Man, that's huge. Um, I I think another practical piece is just prayer. Mm. I I have people who, man, I, I lean on them for prayer. I know I can text them anytime. I know that I can reach out to them. And so for a pastor to have that, it's huge because, and, and it's not just prayer for the ministry. It's prayer for my soul. It's prayer for what's going on in my life. It's prayer for, you know, and there's other things, you know, outside of, but prayer is huge as well. Yeah.
0: I think the two things you hit on one of them for me, you know, we moved from Atlanta to Macon and really didn't know anybody here. And so family stepping up to say hey chris we'll take your kids go out for a night that's huge i mean that that is so big that i I don't even have the words for it because we scramble and at times we feel the financial burden of trying to you know get a babysitter and then the connections to find those people and then you have a family come up hey we're gonna take your kids you just you go you and your wife just go that's really good Uh, the second one is uh it's it's interesting so Uh, I've talked to a lot of pastors recently who uh, retired and, you know, they said the first thing they learned within the six months of their retirement is that the church member doesn't think about the church as often as the pastor does. And the pastor, you know, sometimes as pastors, we get so bogged down and just thinking about the church, thinking about the church, thinking about the church. And then we put our time, energy, effort, everything into this event, that event, this sermon, And it can be a little bit of a heart kill. Maybe there's some ego in there of when people don't come, they're not as engaged, they're not as excited. And we go, man, why not? Like, this is really good, right? Um, One of the things that encourages me the most is when somebody will send me a random text message and saying, I'm praying for you. Because you know what it does for me? Not only does it affirm that they're praying for me, but it also sends me this message that they're thinking about the church and the growth of God's kingdom well outside of anything that I did, right? Yeah. They're, they're just, they are as passionate about growing God's kingdom as I am. And that is, it's a win for me. It's like the moment I want to run around the church. Like I just won the Super Bowl. Like it's, we're going to Disney world, right? Like that because they get it. They, they understand the weight of what it is to be a Christ follower. It's not just, you know, do good things in your life and live a good life. It man, it is, you are a follower of Jesus. Like this is a ministry that you have been brought into and we've Mm. been given everything we need to win people to Christ. And let's just go do it. The harvest is plentiful. So let's go be
1: a laborer. Uh, that for me is huge. So Yeah, I, I want to tack on to that. So it, specific encouragement. Mm. So when people come up, and, and listen, if you do this, it's not that it's a wrong encouragement or a bad encouragement, but it's very different kind of encouragement. Somebody can come up to me and say, hey, great sermon, and walk off. That's encouraging, and that's it's good. But when somebody comes up and says, this verse convicted me, or that story was my week this week. Or man, how you applied that text, or what God said to me through that text, or through that kids ministry, or through that student night, or through that whatever it is, huge. Yeah. So he's right? Like, you're right. It's put. It's putting. It's putting feet to the
0: actual thing. Like yeah, it, it feels great to know that you know you did a good job in, in your sermon and all the preparation you put in it. But then to to say this exact point. Because we're tracing back, right? Like when that point goes, we're also tracing back to how that point came to us. Like it was, it it is a, it is a workload to put together a 35 minute sermon. You know what I mean? Like there's, we are are grueling over every word, even no matter if your outline or manuscript or whatever, like you were were thinking about it all week and maybe weeks prior to. So no, that's, that's good stuff. All right. So last one. So we've talked about the calling, the weight. we talked about how we tangibly do it. Clint, I want to hear from you. Like, what's the most memorable moment that someone has supported you and your family?
1: And, and why did it impact you? Like, what, like, what's the one of the, the top two? Yeah, so I, I'm going to tell one from my wife first. Uh, we had, I think it was this, yeah, it was this past Easter. Uh, we were just so busy the week leading to Easter, like every other pastor in the world, right? Yep. Yep. And, and they call it Super Bowl Sunday, you know what I mean? Whatever. But, but we were super busy and my wife, she's on staff too. And like, we we're just going, 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 praying, asking God to move, super excited about the weekend. And this woman came to her and goes, Hey, how can I support you? Like say anything and I'll do it. And she's a woman who prays, wakes up in the middle of the night and prays for my wife and for our ministry and for all that we're doing. She's just awesome. And so Jean goes, I've, I've got the thing. Um, I don't want to cook on Easter. We're going to have an entire, you know, however many services. And then I'm going to come home. Family's not in town and I'm just going to be, I'm going to be exhausted. Yeah. So the lady goes, okay. She's like, I'll make you a hot meal for lunch. You don't have to come to our place. You're going to be so tired. I'm just going to bring you this incredible meal. Wow. So she brought like all this just amazing food and I love food. My wife loves food. <laughs> right. And so like we sat down and ate and it was just such a blessing, like on so many levels. And it seems like, honestly, she probably did a lot of prep, a lot of work, but like, and mm-hmm. in, in in, from the outside looking in, it's like, I can do that, you know? Uh, so that was my wife's mine. Um, this is from a staff perspective, uh, and then I'll tell a volunteer one. But my first year in, at Grace, uh, I, I ran really hard. Mm. And first year's tough. You, you know how it is. I mean, yeah. she started in 2019, but um, <laughs> I started one year before at, at Grace. And I think three months in, my executive pastor came me and he said, go take a night on a hotel with your wife you've been running so hard, just go and take a night. And for whatever reason that just made me, like just come unglued, man. I, I was so happy and grateful for the whole thing. And, and it was one of those ones I actually tell my staff over and over again, I want to have a culture where we honor and support one another when we run hard. Um, so the volunteer one, uh, I have some close friends of ours that attend our campus. And every every birthday, they take us to a nice restaurant, and it's just a blessing, man. Like they say, "Hey, pick wherever you want to go, and we'll go." And um, like they're about to take us to a, a nice steakhouse, and we're just we're excited about that. It's just a blessing. Um, so, those are my my thoughts. What's yours, man?
0: Uh, yeah. So, I, I honestly, I I think we have one family that continuously gives us date nights. I mean, mm-hmm. so, you know, the, 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 one-offs are really great. They're, they're amazing. Yeah. But this one family is, they've almost become like grandparents to my children, um, because, uh, I can call them and go, Hey, Amy can't make this thing. I've got a meeting, any chance you can take my kids for like an hour. And it's not even yeah. a date night at that point. It's like, I was like, I need somebody to just watch my kids and they're there they are committed and they love them so well. Like I came in one, one time after one of our dates and they had these little uh, white balls uh, that were like snowballs and they're so- super soft and they're in there playing. Like uh, they're just throwing them at each other, having like a, a fake snowball fight with my kids. Yeah. And so not only to be able to have the day and night, but to come back and then see these people interacting and loving on my kids and my kids just think the world of them, wow. uh, I think is huge. Um, I think the second one for me, uh, our, our elders do a, a really good job of just making us feel valued. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, at Christmas time I initiated a, a kind of a Christmas party with the elders, but then they kind of took the next level of, of giving a gift. And that was huge to for me. It was one of those like I felt like I was kind of leading, hey, let's let's you know, join together as elders and our families and make sure I want to make sure that you guys know that I value you and your families and your wives, the whole nine. But then they took that next step. And then at dinner, they just gave me and Amy, a, a, a gift card to one of our favorite restaurants in town. And was like, Hey, we appreciate you. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that's huge. Um, those Love kind it. of things for us are just really
1: big. So hey Chris, I want to add one more thing. Yeah. Uh, just with this, this whole idea, uh, I think, and I forgot to say it. I think the most important thing that you can do to support your pastor in whatever level of church is, is to be a trustworthy person. Mm. And like I told, I told somebody recently, there's, it's very hard to trust people. Yeah. Like as a pastor and as a dad, as a, I mean the whole list trust, I think is it for me is the most important thing bar none um, in support. Like I want to know that you're you're going to be loyal. You're not going to talk about me behind my back. You're going to protect mm. the ministry. You're going to protect this leadership. You're going to protect this this whole thing called the church, the body of Christ. And so, if I can trust you, man, you are supporting me. And and part of that trust is you confronting me. And you saying, hey, this needs to change.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. But
1: but but that I can trust that you're going to speak into my life and that you're not going to talk about me behind me. You that's know what right. I mean? And yeah. So I think that's number one for me, man. So. Yeah.
0: No, I'm an Enneagram eight. And so honesty and trust for me are the they're the tops. Yeah, if I you know, I tell my kids all the time, I can give you grace when you mess up and when you fail. Yeah. But if you lie to me, I can't work with you on these issues. Like I can't help you if you're not honest with me. And so uh, to a degree, I'm probably honest to a fault, which is probably not always the healthiest thing. (laughs) Oh, welcome to our staff. Like, hey, that was really terrible. Don't do that. And then my wife looks at me like, you could have said that a better way. And I'm like, yeah, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) you're probably right. But I was I was just trying to be honest. And uh, but no, I'm with you, man. I totally get that. Clint, man, I, I really appreciate your time. I know that I've been encouraged by this. I hope our mm-hmm. folks have been encouraged by this. Uh, I don't know if folks from your church are going to listen, but if they do, I just want them to know that they've got a great man in uh, in Clint Harrison over there. You're a good dude, man. You're you're one of those guys I can trust. When things are are getting tough, I pick up the phone and I call you or Marco Polo you, and I appreciate your friendship, man. Thank you so much. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, hey, remember, folks out there listening, this podcast and everything we do exists to lead you to love God, love people and invest in his kingdom. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you later.